You're listening to Toronto's number one real estate podcast, powered by Watson Estates. The most successful local real estate investing starts right here, right now. Here's your host, broker, investor, and social media influencer, Bradley Watson. Good morning, investors. Bradley here from Watson Estates, and you're listening to the largest, fastest-growing podcast for Toronto real estate on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. As a broker investor myself, I like to know what's going on in the news, what's the latest, what's the deets. And if you're an investor or maybe you just love Toronto real estate, you follow us for the same reason. But maybe we've been in bed with the devil all along. What if media could be one of our biggest hurdles, the sinister plan that's going on. Well, this is being investigated by the Central Bank of Canada. So we're going to talk about how that all works today on our show. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our channel, Watson Estates or Toronto's number one real estate podcast. Hit that like button. And if you're really feeling generous, jump over and leave us a five-star review and leave us a comment as well in our video, whatever it takes engagements to drive traffic in today's new media world. And that is what we're trying to do. We're trying to get the message out to folks like yourself. So I want to start off with an intro. We're going to get into the study that, they, that they've, they've been conducting at the central bank and then what that means for our market. Because if we're going to be looking at the news, that's our primary source of information. We got to know if there are biases and what kind of impact that would have in the market as a whole. I'm very much in love, not so much with the, the news is, but the psychological impact of what the news carries as it's released into the general public. So let's start off talking about a little bit of an intro. If 2020 COVID the pandemic taught us anything as it relates to history, but as it relates to the way the market works, it's that the perception of the market, that is what economists predict is going to happen, can be completely wrong. <laughs> There's a quote from Bill Gates. He said, you, generally, you overestimate what you can do in a year and you underestimate what you can do in 10 years, which is beautiful, except the Toronto real estate where everybody underestimated the market this year. Now, back in 2017, for those who don't know much about my story, I, we actually, one of our investment properties went out in Oshawa, out in Durham. Now, we purchased a detached home in 2016. We're more of a buy and hold type of family. But in 2017, as we rounded into the new year, I was very much aware and tracking the market to see that there was an upcoming issue. What was that issue? The government was saying, we're going to do something to calm down this hot market. We don't know what. They didn't announce what it was. But there was an expectation that something is coming. Well, me being a researcher, someone who loves to keep track of these things, I said, you know what, early in the year, we're going to drop this place because we're overexposed, we're over leveraged in a lot of ways at that time. And I don't want to see the market come down and then have ourselves be in a tough pickle. So we made the decision to sell. And the very next month after we closed on that property, the market tanked. And that I hold as a badge of honor in one year. This is the crazy the market was in one year after tax which is a big deal, after tax gain over $100,000 we made on that property. Now, I don't recommend running out there and trying to time the market, but I do believe that if you have your finger on the pulse, that there's opportunities for you within the market. This is why I'm so passionate about doing what we're doing today. One of the other things that I'm reminded by is last year in 2020, if you guys were here this long, I know we've done a lot of episodes, but go back, check some of them out. When we, were, when we were looking at the real estate board, the Toronto Real Estate Board stats, a lot of what they were saying was the market's still doing pretty good. Meanwhile, we're looking at average price crashing. What they did was they said from a benchmark price perspective, 
So that when we're looking, even from the real estate boards, of which I'm associated, when we're looking at the stats that they release, they're very careful with the way that they deliver the findings. The stats are real, by the way. The information collected is real. But the way it's delivered can be spun quite easily. Well, if the year over year is good, but the monthly is bad, we talk year over year. If the monthly is good, but the year over year is bad, we talk about monthly. Well, at the time, they were talking about benchmark HPI prices, which was by housing type, recognizing a lot of the higher end homes were coming off, thereby keeping your percentage change to a more realistic number looking at benchmark price. But today, obviously, we're very obsessed with looking at average price once again, convenient how that works. But you know what they say about daily news? Every evening news starts with good evening, and then they tell you why it's not. (laughs) Breaking news, police station toilet stolen. (laughs) Cops have nothing to go on. (laughs) So I want to get into a Better Dwelling article, which is, I think, ironic, because Better Dwelling is also very good at spinning stories. But I thought this was a good way to introduce this idea, because they're really the only one talking about a quiet study coming out of Canada's central bank called Bubbles, Crashes, and Information Contagion in Large Group Asset Market Experiments, and it appeared in the Environmental Economics issue, June issue. So there are four takeaways. I'm just going to give you the highlights. Four takeaways that they found in researching how people respond within a bubble. Number one, large asset bubbles are, quote, robust in larger groups, basically they're more difficult to break. Of course, when you look at the housing market, Toronto of all places is robust, of course. So the challenge is large if this is where the issue lies. Number two, when participants were told an asset was more expensive, they forecast smaller gains. So if you think it's too expensive, gains will slow down. Sound familiar? Other participants, regardless of seeing the news, followed in line. Number three, when expectations amongst the group becomes uniform, bubbles form. If we all agree, FOMO, for lack of a better word, fear of missing out, if we all agree the market is moving very fast upwards, we're all on board. That creates a uniform motion to move. It propels the market as we saw this past winter. When expectations vary, meaning you've got just a drip of doubt within the population, some think it's a bubble and others think it's fairly valued. So we've got a balance a market crashes. doesn't require everybody to say market's going to tank. It just requires a select few. Now, obviously, the larger the market, the larger that amount is. But the point is, we only need to have a lack of consensus on where the market is headed. And hopefully, these things are really sticking out as we're getting the media today on where the market is, what are prices doing, and what comes next. And number four, if people see prices rise, they're more likely to expect future price growth. Therefore, history is a good representation in your mind of the future. This tends to accelerate price growth even faster, leading to bigger bubbles. Obviously, the thinking being if there is a bubble, prick it soon, because as the bubble gets bigger and bigger, those that get hurt get more and more hurt. Well, what did we learn from the study? I thought this was a very good way to summarize it. The focus of the study was to determine if news impacts behavior. It not only does, here's the result, but can play a crucial role in helping to deflate bubbles faster. Because if we can address the bubble early, that's better. As people see warnings, they adjust their expectation of price growth lower, so you're not pushing it up, this kind of group think pushing the price ahead. Due to market coordination, this can help to stabilize the market over the long term. This is why the Bank of Canada is interested. Though sometimes it's not enough to trigger a crash. If we can slow it down, that would be a win. Well, what pops a bubble? For a bubble to pop, 
Participants need to have a varied opinion on where the valuation should be. Either information changes enough opinions and there's no consensus or prices hit an extreme. So these would be the things that would trigger a crash. You just get a few people to say the market's about to crash and a few people not just say it, not just report it, but honestly believe it. Therefore, to wrap up this article, media influences thinking. So what story is the media selling today? Because the way that this article was written was very much that people were hyping up. There's an overheating. Things are going crazy. You know, it's going crazy. It's going to crash. It's going to crash. Is that what they're saying? Well, is Canadian media cheering for a housing market collapse? This is a stories.com article. It talks about this very thing. What is the thinking in the media? A lot of these things I will mention outside of the prices are out of, this, out of the park high. The idea of a market crash was common in 2020. This is not new news. <laughs> but they say this, you'd be forgiven for thinking the housing market was fundamentally risky, unstable, and poised to collapse, a dangerous bubble waiting for its inevitable bust. Media coverage has breathlessly followed the industry's record-breaking stats and unexpected pandemic frenzy with fairly regular references to an upcoming financial crisis. I'm reading these articles. Probably you are too. So... There's the news and then there's reality. And I want to talk about some different perspectives. We're going to start off with a professor from Rogers University, Ted Rogers School of Management, Martaza Hater. Why are you being a hater? Quote, it's quite interesting that the news media is fixated with the idea that there will be a market crash. They are. I've got, I mean, I find some of our best listened to podcasts are clickbait crash type scenarios. Obviously, as far as the deliverable, we're giving you as much of a balanced market approach or perspective as possible. Sometimes we're the ones saying things are okay when they're not. I mean, things are saying, sometimes we're saying things are coming down when everyone's all hyped up. I want to make sure you're getting a level playing field as much as possible, but I do share my opinion every now and again. But they say the simple realities of supply and demand are being underestimated when an inevitable bust is forecasted. So here's what, uh, this is actually, that was a senior economist from TD. And when he looks at some of the fundamentals, Real estate, if, if psychology was not a factor, the biggest thing here would be fundamentals. Well, Toronto is still a hotspot for immigration, international students and inward migration, and home, home ownership is still desirable. People still want to buy a house, even if it's expensive. There are no signs these will change, and supply has been tight for years. Supply and demand. Sales to new listings ratio, a big measure that we watch. A lot of these things are still very heavy in favor of a seller's market. The fundamentals. What about, uh, what do we got? Gail Beebe, editor of the New in Homes and Condos section at the Toronto Star says, I've been a journalist for over 40 years and this, has just, this is just more of the same, which goes to show that the message hasn't changed. It's just built, it's kind of customized for where we stand today. This boom and bust stuff. It's almost like major media outlets hope for a housing bust so they'll have a big, bad story to cover. It's almost like they're running around yelling the sky is falling. And, to, and as someone who likes to bring you guys the news, when we have a big story, it's exciting. It's exhilarating. I mean, that, is that, maybe that's the life of a news reporter. Quote, there were lots of people making these forecasts for a downturn in Canada's real estate market while every month the market was beating records. Which goes to show the last 24 months haven't been all that different. I guess since pandemic, maybe not 24 months, 18 months, let's say. Somewhere along those lines. I don't know. I lose track now. <laughs> But during, from the moment the pandemic happened and the closures took place, the whole, everybody was losing their shirts. Everybody. 
Meanwhile, putting on a few pounds because they weren't going out and exercising. Leave the shirts on, man. You got to get back in those gyms. I, I think I went to the gym the other day for the first time. I'm excited to be back <laughs> to cancel my gym membership. Why do I need them? <laughs> Quote, I fail to understand why so many people, so many smart people keep seeing markets move in a different direction and continue to forecast a collapse and doom and gloom. You keep saying it's going to crash. Then it doesn't crash. But why are you still saying it's going to crash if you were wrong? Just just allow yourself to be wrong and come back on our team and say it's going to be successful. That's kind of the way they're saying. Is the media army strong and powerful though? They're going to sit back and they're going to say, no, this is the way it is. Or are they just a scared general begging for attention online? You know, that's the way they do their warfare. Retweet. <laughs> Retweet, get it? Anyways, we attempt to be funny. Sometimes we land it. Sometimes we fail miserably. And that was uh, definitely the first one. That was pretty good. <laughs> so I want to get into my thoughts. That's the articles, a couple of them. So one was talking about the possibility of manipulating the market. The next was talking about what the market is trying to be manipulated by, which is a housing crash overheating. A lot of the stats were in a bubble. Boom, deal with it. Well, here's some of my thoughts. During COVID, almost all the stories were negative for the first six months, if you guys remember. Yet prices rose. The media was consistent, but the buzz, the quote unquote buzz in the market was positive. A lot of this channel came out, this podcast came out of the idea of giving people or reminding people of what we have here. A lot of people were forgetting it and they were just freaking out thinking things are going to come down. That's it. Game over. What have I done? I've made so many bad investments or, or people were excited and saying, finally, the day of reckoning is upon us. But that was just kind of the news and that was the feeling that people were getting listening to that. But there was an overall buzz in the market and I don't know how to describe it other than to say the word buzz where there was a general hope, there was an expectation of growth. Now, obviously, most of the people I speak to are investors or people who are really, they're familiar and understanding the market and those folks were still extremely optimistic. Even real estate professionals were extremely optimistic about the market. They were really kind of grabbing onto where is my lifesaver here? What is going to remind me of why I love to invest here in the GTA? And I think that's also why our channel did really well. Even though we were the only ones saying that, I think a lot of people were looking on to something to hold on to. Meanwhile, we were sharing what that buzz was on the street, that there's a level of expectation that things will be okay. If you look at the, and not to mention the amount of government spending, we started seeing all these programs that were really leading indicators of what we ended up seeing in the later part of the year, though we didn't hear it anywhere because the real estate boards and the brokerages are set on selling growth. Just look at any Remax annual report, you'll see that. And meanwhile, the media is re has been very is very organized in selling a crash. We're seeing that in the articles, but they've been doing that a lot, a long time. And so we've got these kind of opposing views. But in my experience, the market is more of this kind of living organism. It kind of like it's it's very hard when you look at it, you see it, right? You can see this thing. I can kind of see for what it is. I can analyze it. But when you look really, really close. There's a lot of little shifts and little movements. So when we're looking from, at least from someone who likes to study the market, I find week over week, we're looking at weekly stats, which I like to do. It's very difficult to anticipate this week is going to do this. If you ask me right now, what's going to happen next week? It's very, very challenging for me. Even someone who's learned on the market, it's very difficult for me to tell you what's going to happen next week. However, we can look week over week over week. We can build this kind of picture. So when we start to look month over month, I believe you can figure it out. 
I believe in a lot of ways we do figure it out. Are we right every time? No, but a lot of them, there were times in the last six months where I said, just watch, I guess it'd be more than six months now. Again, losing my perspective of time here, but we've perception of time. But let's say in the last, within the last year, rolling into the later part of 2020, condos were getting pounded. They were getting beat up. And we were saying, guys, keep watching our channel. We're going to tell you when we see it. And again, not to give advice, but just my perspective on when the condo market is going to turn out because it's going to turn around. And guess what happened? It turned around. And we said it within a week or two of it happening because we were tracking the market. Did I know what week it was going to happen? Absolutely not. Did we know it was coming? According to the stats, very much so. Yes, we did. And so I think it's up to us to recognize that. I mean, if, you, if you're going to sit back and say it's impossible, you throw your hands in the air, it's impossible. It's like a stock market. It's just gambling. Sure. But people are making money. People are doing big moves. In our case, 2017 made $100,000 after tax right before a collapse. So I guess that brings to the question, if I was to give my thoughts on it, what happens next? Not to put myself in, I really hope, I'm not trying to paint the picture that I'm the guru here, but just these are my thoughts, okay? These are my thoughts from what I'm seeing, the the factors that are at play and taking media out of the equation, separating, just looking at the facts, looking at the demand and the supply that exists in our market. I believe the next couple months that we're actually seeing a relatively flat market. I know there's a lot of news right now talking about how the market is crashing, crashing, crashing. But I personally believe that is very much seasonal in nature. And I think that as you round into the fall, you're going to see some of those numbers begin to pick back up. What is the fall in 2021? Do we have a longer summer because people are just thankful to be out? Or do we have it happen a little sooner, maybe because we had a sooner spring? I don't know. This is where the week over week versus month over month thing comes in. But what I anticipate during the summer months is a relatively flat market, not a crash. Maybe comparing year over year seems like one, but really just kind of a boring thing, which is good thing I didn't name this podcast episode boring months ahead <laughs> because people wouldn't click it. And that is why the news loves to spin things. They love things to go off the rails and they hope that you buy the story. I hope you learned some stuff. I know I, I love to track the psychology. I love to see how people will respond to different things. And so though things, I guess it builds into the organism, though things are very much based on supply, demand factors and stats and analysis. Yes, but there is this soft space that we have to allow for the psychology space, which what we've noticed in the last few years is extremely, extremely strong. If you learned something, please share this with a friend, get the word out there. Please subscribe to our channel and hit that like button. I will see you guys next time. Take care and keep it real.